The Parable of the Good Samaritan On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. It's always very tricky to speak from a familiar passage in the Bible, but I'm taking that risk today. One of the most memorable experiences that I have from being in Israel was a day when Francis and I took a truck from Jerusalem into the Judean desert. It was a journey that we're not able to include in our tours because it's mainly off-road. But it took us deep into the area where this story took place, the bleak landscape that is shown in this picture that's coming up. I would certainly not want to be walking around in this region alone. A very beautiful but a very hostile landscape. Now there are a number of reasons why some of you today might not immediately engage with this story of the Good Samaritan. Some of you may be saying, it's so familiar, I know it so well, it has no impact on me. Or you might be saying, my friends are not lying on the road half dead in the desert, so it's an unrealistic story for me to think about. Or others might be saying, it's just too difficult. I cannot possibly be a good Samaritan to everyone. But today I want to encourage you to step into the shoes of the characters in this story and allow God to speak to you because I believe that even though it's familiar and even though it comes from a very different setting to where we live at the moment, it has so much to say to us now. And I suggest that often when we think about this story, we start in the wrong place. We're thinking of ourselves either as those who are passing by on the other side or the one who goes to help. But actually we need to start in a different place because there is also a sense in which we are all lying on the road half dead. And so first of all, I invite you to step into the shoes of the victim in this story. None of us have lived a perfect life. We may well have achieved a lot of good, felt a lot of satisfaction, and that is so good and right, but it's not the whole story. We've also been damaged hugely by our own sin, the wrong things that we've said and thought and done. And we've also been affected by how others have behaved towards us, 
And sometimes that pain is very deep indeed. It may be a rejection as a child, it may be the loss of someone close, it may be bullying or harmful words from other people, we may have been victims of injustice, left to one side for whatever reason. And we come today before God as those who are helpless, who are broken, who are hurting. We need to be brought to a place of safety and of wholeness. And this is what Jesus has come to offer because he is the finest Good Samaritan of all. This is first and foremost a story about God's grace, of how God in himself, through Jesus Christ, wants to reach down to the hurting, the broken, to all of us in our points of need and bring us to that place of safety and of wholeness. There's a wonderful word in Psalm 40 and verse 2, the promise of the Lord, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock. And the familiar words in the New Testament in Romans chapter 5 and verse 6, that while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. The offer of God's grace and love and healing power is available to all. And the one who calls us to live a life of love came first in this world to bring us the love of God, to die for us, to rise again. And now he comes today to bind our wounds, to heal our broken lives, to give to us a heart of love. Jesus enters totally and fully into our brokenness and need in order to bring hope and restoration. And compassion begins with Jesus. So this is where we start. We step into the shoes of the victim because there are so many ways in which we need the love and the grace that comes from Jesus Christ to restore us, to bring us to that place of wholeness. And it may be that some of you, especially this morning, need to hear that because you do feel victimized in one way or another. Life has treated you hard and even at this moment, you are living with insecurities and anxieties and fears, allow the grace and the love of Jesus to come flooding into your life and allow him to be your saviour, your Lord and your friend as you trust in him today. But then we need to step into the shoes of the other characters in this story because Jesus' challenge in these words was that God's grace is often channeled through the love of those who really care. And we who have received so much by the grace of God are called to give as well. Indeed, the context for this story is the word of God in the Old Testament, the two great commandments of the Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and with all your strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus, when he sent out his 12 disciples to bring hope and healing to the various communities around them, he said to them at that time, freely you have received, freely give. That was the verse that was posted on Facebook to introduce today's service, and it's a very relevant verse when it's linked to this story that we have received so much 
from the grace of God as he has bound up our wounds, restored our soul. We in turn are called to be good Samaritans to others and to give and to share that love that we've received. It was the good Samaritan, of course, who showed great care. Remember that he didn't call himself the good Samaritan. Indeed, I think he would have found that phrase quite uncomfortable. He didn't want to be known for being good. It was for him something natural and spontaneous. His care was very generous and at considerable risk. He went to the victim and treated his wounds regardless of the danger that was around him. He used all his available resources, oil, wine, a cloth wrapping, his animal, his time and his energy. This was deeply costly and it was a wholehearted response to the stranger. He put him on his own animal and led him to an inn. He'd never met this person before. He didn't know who he was. And yet he reached out with such grace and compassion. And the next day he paid two denarii, which was enough for food and lodging, for at least one week, maybe two weeks. And then the Samaritan himself, of course, had to get out of the inn and out of that town safely. The care that was shown by the Good Samaritan is costly and it is risky. I wonder, do I love like this? Is my care for others deep enough that it engages my full energies, that it uses all my resources, that it offers to friend and stranger alike the same depth of love? The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you looking to the interests of others. Compassion is costly. It disrupts so much of, of what we think we should be doing. It brings a whole new dimension to the way that we live and the people that we are. Of course, there are limits to what any of us can do. But the challenge is to live out each day in such a way that the compassion of Jesus Christ really does flow out in our words and our actions. And we are actively committed to those, those whom God has called us to reach. And that will probably include the person who you are least expecting. Because as we come back to this story, as we just reflect for a moment also on the priest and the Levite, they held back. They passed by, they failed to care. And the irony of this story is that the Samaritan was actually the person least expected to help. It was the others who were those who were most expected to help. The Samaritan came from a different culture. There was an enmity between Jews and Samaritans. The Samaritan was in even more danger as he came alongside the person who was lying there in the road, as he took him to the inn, and as he sought then to exit that area in a safe way. For the Samaritan, that was especially risky and supremely dangerous. Whereas for the priest and the Levite, when there was an expectation that they might be there to help, they turned away. 
And I think that stands as a constant warning to us, remembering the words in the book of James, that faith without deeds is dead. We cannot possibly be claimed, claimed to be those who believe in Jesus, but do not turn those uh, words and deep understandings into practical actions. We cannot believe unless we also serve. So what does all this mean to you as you reflect on this story today? How can you demonstrate grace and love on your front line today? And how can I demonstrate grace and love on my front line? I have five actions for you to consider. And here they are. The first one is to start with God's grace reaching out to you now. This has to be the starting point. Let Jesus come close to bring his love, his forgiveness, his healing and his renewing power. If you've never really trusted in Jesus, then now is the time to do that. If your faith has begun to waver, now is the time to renew that and to ensure that in your life you are trusting for all that Jesus is able to bring to you. Then second, become a giver and not a getter. Think of ways that you can do something simple which will be a blessing to others. Develop a culture of generosity with encouraging words, a card, some flowers, some meals, whatever it might be that is a practical expression of how you can give and serve. It is encouraging that in this particular season, we have seen an increase in generosity and care within the neighborhoods in which we live. And Christians should be right on the front line of that, the first to give and the first to care. And then thirdly, learn to watch and to listen. Open your eyes and your ears. Take note that you see when someone is missing, when you sense that perhaps you haven't heard from someone who you might normally hear from. If God, as it were, puts a thought into your mind about a particular person, don't ignore that. Act upon it. Make a contact with them. Be careful in listening, not to impose your own agenda on someone else, but really to listen to what they're saying, to come alongside and to be an agent of God's love and compassion in their lives. And fourthly, to move out of your comfort zone, to engage in conversation, be proactive in contacting the people you know and see how they are, especially those who you don't necessarily connect with in normal everyday life. There's an outgoing sense in this story of going beyond what you might normally and naturally do. And fifthly, to keep a global perspective, to look beyond the local to the national and the international, because our compassion and care for other people is not just limited to those who are physically around us, who are near to us. The world is broken apart by division and strife, so desperately needing the healing and the restoring grace of God. And through our prayers, through our giving, through our campaigning, through our active engagement, we can be part 
of what is creating a better world around us, inspired and enabled by the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. And it's that final point which leads to the video that we're about to watch and the prayers which follow on after that. And we're grateful to Dan Stevens for permission to use this video in our service today. It's called The Great Divide. 